Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. So Washington faces off against the Atlanta Falcons this Sunday, and I'm really starting to believe that this is a must-win game. Not just for, you know, the sake of this season, but this is a must-win game for the Ron Rivera era in Washington, D.C. I think there's a chance that if Washington put lays an egg, that Ron Rivera is fired. Now, we've heard all week that it's Jack Del Rio that could be on the hot seat. Uh, Ron Rivera put up the sign, do your job. I thought that that was basically him saying, hey, stop blaming me. Let's blame the players. But certainly, ownership is not happy. They're not. Magic Johnson, keyboard warrior after the loss to the Chicago Bears, says, we weren't good enough. We weren't inspired. We started slow, and that's why we lost to the Bears on Thursday night. Josh Harris, in a report from Josina Anderson, comes out and says, look, that loss was so bad, I think it might hurt ticket sales. And I 1,000% agree with Josh Harris there. I I talked to my dad about it. We were going to go to games this year. We were ready. I've been boycotting FedEx Field since the Dan Snyder era. My dad and I were ready to go to games again. And then we watched that embarrassing performance on Thursday night. The commanders did not command the field. Ron Rivera did not command that team to come out inspired and fired up. They started slow as hell, and it was an embarrassing 20-point defeat on Thursday night. And because of that, it was so bad. I feel bad for the people that paid money. The people that drove from Richmond, dealt with the traffic and the long lines to get to FedEx Field just to watch that debacle. I don't know that I can trust this team to show up at home. And so I don't think I can go to a game this season. Because I'll tell you, if I was there on Thursday night, I would have been screaming and cursing and would have completely lost my voice for a month. Because it was a disaster. Joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline from the Team 980 in Washington, D.C., it's the Rooster, Chris Russell. What's going on, bud? Chris, are you there? See if you can lock him in. Try to try to lock him in. Um, and we'll get him back on in a second here. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Chris, are you there? Yeah, can you hear me? Yes, we can now. What's going on, bud? All right. Hey, man, uh, we, we can't have you lose your voice for a month. I, know. Uh, I mean, the people of Richmond would have no <laughs> entertainment except for Michael Phillips. I mean, how would that work? Well, I'll, I'll tell you, though, I don't want to go to a game this year. I, I really I don't. don't. I wanted to go to a game because I was boycotting Dan Snyder, and now he's gone. I don't trust. It's not that I don't trust this team. I don't trust Ron Rivera to inspire these guys. Yeah. Yeah, there, there, there's not a lot of inspiration, and, uh, you know, look, the last two home games were awful. The first one wasn't even that good, and yeah. they won that one, granted, by four points against a bad Arizona team. Uh, so really, I mean, quite honestly, it's been three duds at home in three sold-out games, and yet, you know, here they are trumpeting another home sellout coming up in two weeks against the Eagles. Well, I think we know why those games 
uh, were sold out, or that game specifically was sold out. It's not because people are rocking and rolling and believing in the commanders uh, on offense, defense, and special teams. It's because the Eagles fans are going to make the drive down uh, from Philadelphia and probably populate the place 40 out of 65 uh, in in Eagle, uh, Kelly Green, and, and, and Silver. Chris, what do you make of the do your job sign that was hung outside of the commander's uh, locker room at the practice facility? Yeah, I mean, Ron stole it from Belichick and others, as we know. Uh, so it oh, means so you think really- he stole it from another NFL coach? He didn't steal it from Ted Lasso. Because <laughs> I just think he, he's coming up with crazy ideas. Well, I, I mean, listen, Belichick has been preaching that in, in New England forever. And there's a college coach, is it Nick Saban maybe? Um mm-hmm. That does the same thing, and whatever. Maybe he watched Ted Lasso. I have no idea. Um, here's the deal. If he wanted it to have some teeth, if he wanted them to play with their hair on fire and, like, their season's on the line Sunday and moving forward, A, he wouldn't have said the other day, well, what are you talking about? We have 12 more games left, which is exactly his mentality. His mentality is, you know, what are you, got, what are you guys talking about? We're not in trouble. I, I mean, it's five games. We're, yeah. we, so what? We've lost three in a row. No big deal. Uh, don't anybody panic. Everybody just stay medium and stay calm. And then, you know, the, the other thing, to, you know, to me, Awad, is like, you know, if he wanted some teeth in it, he would have said, do your bleeping job or, yeah. or something different than what we get out of New England and wherever else that comes from. You know, have some teeth, have some guts, have some onions, have some stones, have some grapefruits. Do something different for crying out loud instead of, you know, and and I don't beat him up for folding his arms because we don't know what he's saying, you know, on the headsets and all that stuff. We don't know what he's saying in private, but there's too many things that show a general malaise, a general lack of passion and intensity and urgency on this football team. And it's been a problem for a while. I don't know why everyone's so surprised by this. I I guess I thought it might be a little bit different this year because of new ownership. But my goodness, this team has always, always lacked a sense of urgency. Yeah, no, you're totally right about that. And you, you mentioned Michael Phillips, MP on the mic, 10 to noon, right here on 910 The Fan. He believes that Ron Rivera can't bat bottom out as a head coach. He, he says, look, you look at his track record, his teams always end up getting close to 500 by the end of the season. I, I tend to agree with him, but I also think if they lose this weekend, it might end up bottoming out. Yeah, I, I mean, it could. Now, the only thing that might save them is the Giants next week, and even though that's a road game, I think this team generally plays better on the road than they do at home, and you know, maybe that's recent sample size, but I've always believed that. I mean, FedEx Field, even if it's sold out for whatever reason, has been a mini house of horrors, you know, for the commanders, Redskins, uh, you know, Washington football team by any name. Um, you know, it's never really been a true home field. We know some of the reasons why, but, you know, you can't really argue that at least against Chicago and against Arizona uh, this year where they're one and two um, and again, two consecutive blowouts at home. So, I I mean, that might be, you know, the Giants on the road next week might be the only salvation, you know, if they lose this week and drop to two and four and losers, you know, of four in a row. Now, by the same consequence, if they win this week, right, you know, then they're right back to three and three. And, again, everybody's going to feel pretty confident going into next week at MetLife uh, against a beat-up, you know, woe-filled Giants team. And then they can lose that game, and then everybody will be fuming you-know-what again. Um, So, I mean, I think this team is what it is. It's a constant seesaw. 
It's a mediocre to mediocre plus coaching staff. It's a mediocre to mediocre plus roster. It, it, it should be better than that, but it's not consistently. And I think, you know, like, look, everybody talks about the defense. Hey, man, you know, AWOD, the offense is not good enough either. I'm sorry. They're not. They're, they stink on third down. They don't run the ball. They, they, you know, they're dropping back constantly. They're getting sacked, getting lit up, getting all sorts of pressures. Hence, we all know, you know, some of the problems with that. They were sleepwalking for the entire first half last Thursday night, down 27 to 3. Big freaking deal they came back in the second half. Chris, you're, you're totally right. You're totally right. And I, I, here's the reason I got to cut you off, though, is because the offense is averaging. 21 points per game. They were at 18 points per game last year. Yeah. The offense yeah. is not the issue at all, dude. It's Jack Del Rio. What hack Del Rio? What the hell is he doing? Because at yeah, least the enemy, the enemy's proved that he can make changes. Jack has not made one adjustment all season. Well, I, I disagree with you in that regard. They're playing more man than they than they have. Uh, they they blitzed three and a half percent more this year so far than they did last year. Um, you know, they did finally bench Emmanuel Forbes. What, what the problems that that I have with Jack are? He doesn't take advantage of certain situations. Like you have two of the best interior defensive tackles, Deron Payne and, and Jonathan Allen, and they're struggling a little bit in the last two weeks. Why not twist them more? Why not stunt them more? Why not gain them more? Why not blitz up the A-gap with Cody Barton, who stinks at everything else but can run downhill? Why not blitz on either side of the A-gap using those, you know, using the double teams that those guys create to get home, to get pressure more linear, more up the, up the middle, to, you know, to get to the quarterback in a shorter path instead of coming around, you know, from, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, you, you know, from Aberdeen, Maryland, uh, you know, when they're playing in Landover, you know, that type of thing. Like, take two things that make common sense. And that's where I think Jack is kind of, you know, not really adjusting with the times. Like, I mean, he has done some things. They just haven't, like, I want to see a corner blitz on Sunday against, Desmond Ritter, but I want to see it come from the nickel slot. I don't want to see it come from way outside, from Alpharetta, Georgia. Believe I want to see it come from near the line of scrimmage. I agree. And where somebody could legitimately get heat, and they don't do enough of this stuff. So that's my frustration with Jack. It's not that he hasn't done anything. He has done some things. He hasn't done enough creative in-game things. I think it's an execution-based system, not an adjustment and, you know, uh, and, and creative uh, adjustment type system, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I get it, but at the same time, I, I look at this defense, you just gave up 40 points to the Bears. You let Khalil Herbert get multiple third and sevens on the ground uh, because you put yep. your defensive tackles in a terrible position. You keep yep. playing Cody Barton when the entire fan base is calling for somebody else to get an opportunity because he's doing nothing out there. He's terrible uh, uh, in the passing game. And look, this, this defense gave up 40 points. There's people running open left and right. Explosive plays have returned. This is all on Jack Del Rio. I have no problem with anything Eric Bieniemy is doing because he's trying to win. He passed it 55 straight times. If the defense could have gotten one stop, we would have had a chance. No, I understand that. But but here's my problem with the offense. You know, it's 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 good in spurts, but it's not consistent. And you know, listen, maybe that's asking for too much out of a first-year-plus quarterback and a first-year offensive coordinator uh, in terms of calling plays um, and, and a bunch of changes on the offensive line and whatnot, but I was expecting it to be more consistent. I was expecting it to be more cohesive, and it's not. So that's my criticism, if you will, 
of the commander's offense. And whether that's the enemy, whether that's Howell, whether that's the offensive yeah. line, it's all you know part of the mix. You know, I, I mean, I uh, think the offense would be more consistent if they if they if the defense created a turnover for them once in a blue moon. Well, that's fair. That and that's the other point. The defense is obviously putting them in a terrible bind right. uh, and not giving them advantageous field position because, like you said, they don't create takeaways. Uh, and get, and the special teams have been a problem too. I mean, they've gotten yeah. really very little out of Jameis. You know, it's okay. And I think the special teams coverage unit are going to be a big mix, uh, a big mess coming up uh, starting this Sunday because uh, there's no Jeremy Reeves and Joey Sly has been inconsistent. And Tressway had a terrible end of the game in Philadelphia. And Cameron Cheeseman has had, you know, earlier in the year, all sorts of problems. You never know when that's going to rear its ugly head. So this team can worry. Uh, to me, the point here, Awad, is is. I understand your anger and frustration with Jack Del Rio. I get it. That's the number one problem. But I wouldn't say, like, I, any of the units are playing well. And no. the coaching staff certainly is not coaching well. So I would say it's a systemic failure across the board. If I could just say, oh, fix the defense and have them, you know, hold an opponent to 27 points a game instead of or, – or, or 24 points a game instead of 32 points a game, I would feel really comfortable. I would feel better. But I can't point to any one of these three units and really a fourth in the coaching and say, aha, I feel really good about this. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. Good point. Uh, you're good point, man. I, I just, I, I've lost it with the defense. I, I expect the Falcons to score 27. Chris, we're out of time, man. I appreciate it. You got it, Awad. Have a good weekend, pal. Yep. You're listening to Awad Radio on the fan. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. I'll be right back. Welcome back. What up, what up, what up? It's Awad here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, always available around the country, on the go with the Odyssey app. Just download it today for free. It's A-U-D-A-C-Y, and you can search 910 The Fan. You'll be able to hear the sports junkies Monday through Friday from 6 to 10. MP on the mic from 10 to noon. I take over from 12 to 3 before handing it off to Grant and Danny. And we love our partners in Washington, D.C. with 106.7 The Fan and the producer of the Sports Junkies is Drab T-Shirt, and he joins us, him or Valdez, every Friday for Don't Sleep on These Picks. What's going on, Drabby? Hey, what's going on, Adam? How you doing today, bud? I'm doing good. Good bit season episode yesterday. I love the inside radio shtick. I, I, well, let me start with this. Is there anything new at the station that you can report? Like, is, is Ryan Clary actually skinny, or is he starting to eat pizza again? Well, he- Here's, what, here's the report that I want to talk about. You booked me for a segment at 1245. I'm in my office doing prep. I hear someone screaming down the hallway. <laughs> I turn around the corner to come do this hit with you, and I hear Chris Russell say, thanks for having me on, Awad. What is going on? Are you just doing a 106.7 parade here? Who's next? Denton Day, The Stallion, Darius? You're just plucking all our talent. I deserve more time, and I should be the only featured 106.7 The Fan guest when I come on that day. Uh, you don't just sandwich me in between other personalities here I, from D.C. I, I think you're losing your mind. Chris Russell is not a 106.7 guy. He's a Team 980 guy. All right, same They're, company, oh, same company. He's We're down the hall. He's, he's not in the he's same bullpen the as you. No, right. no, 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 no. Here's Let the thing. Here's the thing. You sleep on Fridays. 
on Fridays, if you want drab t-shirts, I'm the only DC radio personality you can have on that day. I'm not sharing the spotlight with Chris Russell. Let alone, we're in the same hour back-to-back segments. Well, here's the thing. Chris Russell has worked inside the commander's building. He can give you inside and information that nobody else can give. Chris Russell, everybody has tried to kill him off the radio. He stays alive because of his information. Well, that's fine. He can be a commander's expert, but I'm a gambling expert, and we're going to win some money this weekend. Let's do it. Let's roll the tape. Don't sleep on these picks. It's time for Don't Sleep on These Picks. Presented by Don't Sleep Energy. AWOD will be joined by one of the donks behind the glass, Drab and Valdez. He's the sexiest man on the planet. To go through the best college and NFL games of the weekend. Weekend, weekend, Don't sleep on this segment every Friday at 1245 on AWOD Radio. All right, you're fired up, Drab. So let's start with our sports tilt of the week. And mine is the do-your-job sign that Ron Rivera hung up. He, he's not doing his job in the season or in the offseason. How about you draft some freaking playmakers, not a cornerback that gets burnt, not a safety that doesn't show up, not two offensive linemen that are overweight, out of shape, and you can't even play them. Ron is not doing his job. That's not bad. Everyone's giving Ron a hard time. You know, actually, I have two sports tilts of the week. One of them here is at the radio station, and it has to do with do your job. And it's about all my unfunny colleagues here, all the other <laughs> producers, who first thing the other day, what do you think they did? Matt Essig, Denton Day, The Stallion, they all printed off do your job signs and slapped them on the studio door thinking they're original and funny. It was a hack move and now they're all over the place. Every 10 feet in here is a sign that says do your job. That's my first tilt of the week. My second tilt of the week happened last night from uh, a TV analyst, uh, Steve Smith, former wide receiver. I'm tired. What is going on with these athletes who are now analysts just flat out trashing players, making personal comments about these guys on the air. That is not their job. They're supposed to critique players, not necessarily just trash them. You have uh, Harrison on Sunday Night Football calling Zach Wilson trash, trying to get Chris Jones to say bad things about him. That was awful broadcasting. You had Dante Hittner, former safety in the NFL, calling out Dak Prescott, saying that he's garbage. And then you had a personal beef last night on the sideline. It was embarrassing for Steve Smith. He should be above that. You're not a player anymore. you got to leave that stuff behind. And I don't really blame Judy for telling Steve Smith to step off when he tried to come talk to him. You trashed me on your podcast. I don't really feel like talking with you. What's the problem? Like, Why did Steve Smith have to make that such a big deal for everyone in the country to know about? That's a great point. I think the people to blame are the program directors that are giving these, you know, sports guys jobs. They're not journalists. Let's get a couple more journalists. The only one that stays alive is Ernie Johnson. All these other shows, they've replaced the talent, and they're just putting former athletes there. It drives me crazy. Uh, I have a second sports tilt, Drab, and we've talked about this before. Thursday Night Football, the frames per second continue to be terrible. It looks so bad on deep passes on Amazon Prime. I know for a fact my dad wasn't watching the game last night because he didn't realize it was on Prime. He was texting me that he was watching NBA preseason because it was actually on TV. The NFL is too big to be putting their stuff on streaming services. It tilts me. And then I'm looking at Amazon Prime's alternate broadcast, 
and I turned it. I'm yeah. so mad that I tuned into LeBron featuring Will Ferrell, who's not funny at all anymore. It was so bad. And then they had this other uh, female comedian making terrible jokes. Drab, I couldn't believe this. In the fourth quarter, the Broncos are driving. They eventually scoring at the two point conversion. On that drive, they went full screen to the comedian making jokes, and I'm like. Why are people watching this broadcast? What? Vibes? Why were you watching it? Why are you? You should have known that LeBron was going to make it all about himself. I saw it was. I saw they had Lil Dicky, and I said I'll tune in for five seconds. He oh, was yeah, not Lil even Dickie. on it. That's right. Yeah. I know. Yeah, they did. They did a quick preview on the game. Everyone's trying to be the next Peyton and Eli. There's yeah. only one Peyton and Eli. It's so true. All right, so uh, we are doing our Odyssey NFL Survivor Pool, and unlike the junkies, I have survived through the fi- first five weeks, and I'm thinking about taking the Commanders this weekend against the Falcons. The season's on the line. I, I think they get the win. The season's been on the line a hundred times for Ron Rivera. He never comes through. Why would you? Why would you risk it on the Commanders who have let you down? So many times in your life, Adam, I'm asking you to do one thing this weekend. I have no idea if the commanders will win or lose. I know if you put faith in them, though, they will lose. So (laughs) don't do it. Stay away from that game. Pick the Rams. I picked the Rams in our survivor pool. They're seven-point favorites. They're better than their two and three record. Cooper Cup just came back. There's no way the Cardinals can keep up with that explosive offense. You're going to take the Rams this weekend. Don't mess around with the Commanders. Adam. No, okay, that's a terrible pick, and here's why. All right, the L.A. Rams are one play away from being worse than the Arizona Cardinals. How's that going to happen? The Cardinals' late-hit quarterbacks. We've seen them do that all year long. Their head coach wants killers. He said, "I want killers." They're going to injure Matthew Stafford in this game. In comes Wofford or whatever, the backup, and the Cardinals end up winning this game. Mark my words right now, the Cardinals win this game. Oh, geez. You are officially drunk in Richmond. (laughs) All right, let's get to your college football lock of the week. My college football lock of the week, it was my pick on the Junkies fan duel uh, pick this weekend, the weekend parlay. We're going to focus at the 3.30 game. I'm a West Coast guy. I, of course, I have my attention all over the Oregon-Washington Husky game. It's the game of the week. For all you casuals out there that are SEC guys or ACC guys, let's spend the afternoon on the Pac-12. We're going out in a uh, bang of glory here. You're going to focus on Michael Penix Jr., strong-arm lefty quarterback from the Huskies. Huskies are two-and-a-half point to three-point favorites, depending on what book you're looking at. But the Huskies are going to win by over seven points. Oregon's a great team, but they are not an explosive offense as Washington Huskies are, and it's in Seattle. And that is why the Huskies are going to not only win this game, but Michael Penix will win the Heisman, and the Huskies will go to the college football playoff. This is, don't, this is Don't Sleep on These Picks, sponsored by Don't Sleep Energy Drink. Need the energy to stay up and see your late-night picks go up in flames? It's easy. Head over to don'tsleepenergy.com. Use the promo code AWOD Radio to save some cash. Your picks might go busto, but you'll be loaded with gusto. Don't Sleep makes you drink. Uh, makes you great. Have you already drank your Don't Sleep Energy Drink today, Drab? I just had one about 15 minutes ago in preparation for this segment, so I'm, I'm locked and ready to go. Actually, I've had two today. Yeah. I've had two and a cup of coffee. I mean, I can tell. You are fired up. Uh, you know what? I can't end this segment without taking a shot at your bit season co-host, and that's Matt Valdez. He's picking, it. He's picking against the Ravens. He's picking against I the know. Ravens. He's, 
Hey, no, he he picks the Ravens every single week. He thinks he's the Ravens insider. He thinks he knows more than anyone else. You know what's better than just being having a singular focus, having a vast of knowledge like draft teacher. I can pick any game, any league, anywhere. The only thing that Valdez studies the Ra- is the Ravens, and he's like 50% at best on them. So Valdez needs to expand his knowledge and try to keep up with draft t-shirt. All right, so we wanted to do Flashback Friday, a sports memory here on Don't Sleep Energy because I I drink Don't Sleep Energy, I stay up late, and then I have all these crazy dreams remembering from my childhood. So my sports flashback here on a Friday for today is the RG3 game against the Vikings. I was at the game with my dad, and I almost injured my dad. I remember jumping on my dad's back as RG3 was streaking down the sidelines, and at that moment I thought he was – Robert Jesus Griffin. I, I thought he was our Jesus. That, and so I'll always remember that one play where I jumped on my dad's back. And I remember he was more upset at me for jumping on his back than the happiness of the commanders winning that game. Well, that, that that's pretty cool, man. And, you know, my favorite sports memory also involves my dad. And uh, it wasn't 2012. It was actually 1995, October 7th, 1995, oh. to be more exact. Okay. And uh, it was the greatest day of my life. I'm from eastern Washington over by Idaho. That's where I grew up. But my aunt and uncle had season tickets to the Washington Husky uh, games in Seattle. And on October 7th, Notre Dame played the Washington Huskies. I was a huge, I was a Catholic, a Catholic growing up, huge Notre Dame fan, and Notre Dame was life for drag t-shirt. And I, Notre Dame played the Huskies in Husky Stadium, my 50-yard line tickets, and not only was I at the game, it was like the greatest thing ever, but Lou Holtz, the legendary Notre Dame coach, had neck surgery. He couldn't coach from the sideline. So 15 minutes before the game, Lou Holtz has to walk up to the press box and co- or to the coach's box. And who does he walk by? Little Drab Cahill. Just <laughs> sitting there on the end, me in front of 100,000 Husky fans, however many there were, just five Notre Dame people there, and I was one of them. And Lou Holtz waved at me and winked on his way up to the coach's box. It was the greatest moment of my life, better than when my kids were born, better than the day I married my wife, better than the day... I met Awad, Lou Holtz and Drab, together, October 7th, 1995. Can you describe what your haircut was for that game? Did you have blonde tips? I had, a, I, I had I, no, that was before my blonde tip days. I had a flat top. <laughs> I had a flat, I was a flat, like a 1950s flat top. Oh. I don't know what, I, I had that for like eight years when I was a kid. That's why we say don't sleep on this segment. It's awesome. I, I've never heard that story before. I was a Drabby original. Thanks so much, man. I appreciate it. Uh, all right, bud. Have a great weekend. Talk to you soon. Yep. That was Don't Sleep on These Picks, sponsored by Don't Sleep Energy Drink. Need the energy to stay up late and see your late-night picks go up in flames? Need the energy to watch the Commanders so you don't lose your mind if they lose to the Falcons this weekend? Just head over to don'tsleepenergy.com, all right, and use the promo code AWADRADIO to save some cash. That's A-W-A-D-D-R-A-D-I-O. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Richmond's home for VCU basketball, and I want to let all the listeners know, all right? You can come out to the Seagull Center this Saturday for free. Yes, the black and gold game is open to the public for free, and seating will be offered as general admission. The VCU basketball men and women's return to the Siegel Center this Saturday 
when the Rams host the annual Black and Gold game. It's at 4 p.m. It will feature the men's and women's basketball squads as well as the Pep Band, the Peppas, and the Rams Spirit Squad. VCU season ticket holders have been invited via email to an exclusive pregame autograph session with both the men's and women's basketball team. Doors will open to the general public at 3 p.m. The women's team will kick off the event with the scrimmage at 4, followed by the men's inter-squad scrimmage. And I just tweeted out at AWOD Radio and 910 The Fan, my interview with Ryan Odom from Wednesday afternoon where he joined us for 45 minutes and did a whole VCU season preview. He was kind enough to come in his studio here to 910 The Fan. Uh, so if you haven't checked out that interview, you can check out the podcast right now by searching AWOD Radio on Spotify, iTunes, or the free Odyssey app. But it is 1 p.m. here on AWOD Radio, which means it's time to talk about my favorite football team, the team that always lets me down. Hopefully they won't let me down this Sunday. I'm talking about the Skinny Skin Skins. The Washington Commanders. It's time for the Richmond Commander. It's time for the Richmond Commander. Are you ready for some The phones are open. It's your chance to be the quarterback of this segment. There's something I like to say. Every day at 1 p.m. on AWOD Radio. The Richmond Commander. All right, so I do this every Friday at 1 o'clock. I talk myself into believing that the team can win. That Ron Rivera might be a terrible coach. That Jack Del Rio might not make adjustments. That Eric Bieniemy might throw the ball too much. But we can still win because I love this team. I believe in these guys. And I think we have too much talent to lose to the Atlanta Falcons. So, it's time for my keys to victory. If you want to chime in, phone lines are open. 833-804-0910. And I'll tell you, the Commanders are 2-3 and three this season. They're two wins. They have accomplished all of my keys and my keys to victory. In the three losses, something has gone wrong. So if they follow these simple keys, the keys to success, they will get the win. Number one for the Commanders. You have to win the turnover battle. I mean, you're not going to win on the road with Sam Howell having two interceptions, Antonio Gibson fumbling the ball, and the defense just doing absolutely nothing. If you're going to win on the road in the National Football League, you have to win the turnover battle. That is absolutely key number one. I'm looking for Emmanuel Forbes to make a play. I'm looking for Quan Martin to show up here. I'm looking for Cam Curl. We haven't called his name much this season. Can we get Montez Sweat to get a sack fumble on Desmond Ritter? Can Chase Young jar the ball loose on on a big hit? Can Deron Payne or Jonathan Allen make a game-changing play? If we can win the turnover battle, that's a big reason why this offense hasn't been that good statistically because they never have short field. They're always having to drive 75 yards to score. If the defense can cause a turnover, get Sam Howell the ball, and he only needs to go 30 or 40 yards to get six, that's a great key to success. That is key number one to victory. Number two, the Atlanta Falcons are going to try to run the ball. Washington has not been good enough at stopping the run this season. Uh, They let DeAndre Swift burn them. They let Dalvin Cook's brother burn them uh, with the Bills. I mean, even week one, Josh Dobbs and James Conner were burning us with the run. 
Uh, Denver had a little bit of success running the ball as well. The Falcons as a team want to run to Tyler Algier and to Bijan Robinson. All right. They've got two solid running backs. They don't trust Desmond Ritter. They're going to run the ball early and often. And I think if Washington can hold this Falcons team, not just Bijan, but the combination of Bijan and Tyler Algier to under 110 yards, under 110 yards, that's key number two to victory. You've got to hold them to under 110 yards rushing, keep them to about 3.6 yards a pop, um, and that's how you force Desmond Ritter to beat you with his arm, and I don't think he can do that. you got to get some of these running stops here to be tackles for losses so that the Falcons are facing second and 11. Can't have them face the second and fours because they got six yards on a first down run from B. John Robinson. That is... Key number two. Number three. Washington has not done a good enough job targeting Terry McLaurin. You look around the National Football League and look at the best wide receivers. Tyreek Hill. Miami force feeds him the ball. Um, Devontae Adams. They find a way to get him the ball often. I mean a ton. Justin Jefferson before he got hurt. Kirk was throwing it to him every single third down. A.J. Brown of the Eagles. They don't have a third down that doesn't end up uh, with the ball in A.J. Brown's hands. So, key number three, get Terry McLaurin involved. He needs to go over 75 yards receiving. I, I think if they target McLaurin and they make sure to get him the ball, his best weapon has been his entire career in the NFL, his yards after catch. That statistic has dropped off significantly this year, and I'm putting the blame on Sam Howell for that. I don't think Sam Howell goes to McLaurin enough when he's not the number one target. He goes through his progressions quickly, and a lot of times he ends up taking sacks or trying to run because he doesn't see a guy open right away. Well, McLaurin is great at scrambling. When the play stays alive, he's able to find a hole in the zone, get McLaurin the ball. You need your ace to have a good game if you're going to win on the road. McLaurin over 75 yards. So win the turnover battle. Hold the Falcons as a team to under 110 yards rushing and get McLaurin involved and have him catch the ball for over 75 yards passing. I'm thinking the Commanders are going to win. If you disagree, phone lines are open. 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. Don't go anywhere. Don't change the dial. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. And I appreciate all the support and everyone listening to the show and get in touch with us on social media at AWOD Radio at 910 The Fan or those that have downloaded the podcast by searching AWOD Radio on Spotify and iTunes. And I've heard from a lot of listeners that they enjoy when I go in on the commanders. They love me talking to the NFL, but they also like the stories about just AWOD's day-to-day life and how they can kind of live vicariously through a 30-year-old trying to thrive here in the good old RVA. And yes, I'm still single, Stubb. I I saw you looking at me with a side eye. No, there's no (laughs) dating update here. Um, But I was talking all year about how I picked up pickleball. Now, remember, I I am a tennis purist. My dad was a high school tennis coach. I played high school, and then I played club at VCU. And my initial thought of pickleball was, it's the lamest sport ever. It's for 80-year-olds. It's for people that have bad knees, and they can't move around the court, right? But then 
I played with my dad and my sister and her boyfriend on Father's Day. And we had a really great time bonding. And it was really good competitive spirit. I got my sister on my team. And she's usually very unathletic. But something about that night got her blood boiling. And she was playing really well. And we had a great time. And so I said, you know what? When I come back to Richmond, I'm going to try to play pickleball. And so I went out to Forest Hill. And I've been playing a lot. Like two or three, sometimes four days a week. And I've gotten really into it. And, you know, I've, I've had my bad days. One day, my ankle popped. Um been dealing with a shoulder injury feels like every time I stretch it's not enough my hamstring feels like it's torn apart after I play but I've been playing a lot of pickle and I told you guys that I was playing pickle not just to play I'm playing to win I'm playing to become the greatest pickleball player of all time I'm not just in it for the exercise I'm in it because I'm a competitor and I want to win and so I told you guys I want to go pro I want to be a pro pickleball player and, and how's that going for you? Well, I'm here to make an announcement. I will be playing in my first professional pickleball tournament on October 27th in Richmond, Virginia, the 2023 Pickle Boo. Pickle Boo. The Pickle Boo. Yes, the Pickle Boo uh, is at Pouncey Track, and I signed up. I am officially committed. I'm registered. I'll be playing in the tournament. Stub, you can come on out. You could, uh, you know... Take some photos, do a little social media, get the audience a little different perspective because I'm sure I'm going to come on air and talk about how great I was. But you know, you could you can see for yourself. Can't miss Pickle Boo, right? The Pickle Boo, October 29th at Pouncey Track. So when I registered, I was blown away. There's 457 people that are signed up. They're not going to just give me a participation trophy. I'm going to actually have to win this thing. Pickleball's hip these days. Oh my goodness! Yes, that's kind of what I didn't realize. Right? I thought it was just old people out the court. I go to Forest Hill now. I've gone to Bryan Park. Uh, I've gone to several other spots. It's a lot of people in their 30s. It's hip. It's men and women, right? Yeah. People in their 40s as well. Now, I will say it's annoying because there's a lot of beginners. There's a lot of people mm. that are picking up the paddle for the first time. And I've played so much now that I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit more advanced, right? So I've had times where I go play and I'm just spanking these, these youngins here because they're trying to play for the first time, <laughs> right? And... I will say I do have an advantage because my tennis background with mm -hmm. my dad, we had a ping pong table in our house. We'd always go to the beach and play paddle ball. And to me, pickleball is a perfect combination of all three of those. I feel like I've found my sport. All right. Are you, are you good? Like, are there people on the courts beating you? Are you are you wiping well, the whole? I told you, you know, last week before I had my scooter incident and <laughs> fell, I was wiping the courts down. I was beating everyone. That's why it was so embarrassing that I fell off the scooter. Right? So yesterday, went to play pickleball again, got back on the scooter, right? got back on the mm -hmm. horse, right? the bird, rode it back, uh, to Bryan Park and met up with the same people. And immediately, I was so embarrassed. They were like, oh, hey, what happened? What happened when, when you fell? <laughs> I said, well, the, the wheel turned over. It wasn't my fault. I got right back on it. And they were like, well, did you go to the doctor? No, I didn't go to the doctor. I got one little cut on my wrist and another on my elbow. I'll be all right. And they were like, oh, no, we were so worried because it was on concrete. And I thought you might have hit your head. I'm like, relax, all right? And then I went on to smoke their asses again, all right? I am pretty good at pickleball. The people of pickleball care. But the craziest thing happened on my way to pickleball yesterday, all right? So I, I, I'm birding, scootering from Scott's Edition to Brian Park. So you kind of have to go through uh, the streets a little there. You go past the Diamond. Um, I think you're on Hermitage Road at one point. And then 
you get past a lot of these fancy houses. And I always am driving, on my, riding my scooter, and I'm kind of stopping to look at these fancy houses oh, yeah. near Bird, uh, Bryan Park and all these great spots. And something caught my eye that I had to stop my bird scooter. I could not believe it. All right. Stubb, what, what date is Thanksgiving this year? Oh, I, I have no idea. I think it's November 23rd. All right. Okay. So we're a month and 10 days away from month Thanksgiving. And, and everyone does their own thing for Thanksgiving. Most people, most people eat a turkey. Some, some say they love ham. Like, have you heard that before? Like a good honey That's ham. That's for Christmas. On, thanks, on Thanksgiving. I've heard that before. I've heard people that like a turducken, right? They want all the combination yeah, yeah, yeah. together for Thanksgiving. All that's fine. But I went past one house that was unbelievable. More, probably top 10 richest people in Richmond. Okay. <laughs> I could not believe what I saw in their front yard. It was a wild turkey. Wild. <laughs> it, I and I had to stop and Google what a turkey looked like because I said that thing's not a regular bird. Was it was it locked up or free roam? It was free roaming around, <laughs> eating bugs off the ground. It had the giant red neck and the red face. I was like, that's an actual wild turkey. These people have a turkey. They're letting it roam around their front yard, and then they're gonna kill it and eat it on Thanksgiving. I guarantee that. Like like it was fenced in. No. 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 I was in the middle of the road, so, and the turkey, I, I almost ran into the turkey. It was, it was just five a, feet to the a, right of a me. wild Richmond turkey. It was under a bush, and it was like reaching in, probably <laughs> eating worms, and then he started flopping around. I, I could not believe it was the craziest thing I've ever seen riding on Richmond. I'm talking about a wild turkey. How, it, they must have it for Thanksgiving, right? Nobody has a turkey as a pet. I, if, it's, if it wasn't fenced in, I'm, I'm thinking it was... Just from the woods. You think it was just like it must have wandered in. Wandered into that. Surely they wouldn't just leave it out on the lawn with no fence if it's theirs. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Maybe it had a. Maybe they had a tracking system in the turkey's neck. You think it was invisible fence? Yeah, maybe it was on an invisible (laughs) fence, and if you know, if it tries to bark, I I could not believe it. I literally, I'm on the scooter, full stop, all brakes locked in, and I'm like, that's that's a turkey, like. I could not believe it. I thought it was like, I was like, is this like, is this a wild, a different type of bird? Is It's not a cardinal. You take you know, a pick? Wasn't a, no, no, I didn't take a pick because I, uh, I, I don't know. I, I should have taken a picture. You're right. That's on me. That's on me. You're going to have to believe me. I saw a wild <laughs> turkey on my way to Bryan Park. The craziest thing ever. I mean, so like, do you think that that's just what some wealthy people do is they just, they grab three or four turkeys. They let them run around the front yard and then, boom, you're chopping that thing up November 23rd. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't think that. I, I think that you just saw a turkey and it was on someone's lawn. <laughs> I don't think it's their pet. I mean, this house was so big. It was like they had one of those driveways. Like, you couldn't even see up to the house. Long driveway. Oh. Huge front yard. And I'm thinking they might have multiple wild turkeys. I, why would they have them so early? I don't know. That's a lot of upkeep for their like. Maybe they want him for to their eat. butlers. They want him to eat, you know, and get him real fed, and his belly will grow, and then it'll taste juicier. I'm not joking. It was a wild turkey in Richmond. Are there are wild turkeys a thing in Richmond? Eight three three eight zero four zero nine ten. I don't think so. I haven't seen any. No, it was I, I, wild. I, I... It was a full stop on my scooter. Could not believe it. I, I wanted to ask you, though. Yeah. I, I have a, I had a hypothetical. Okay. You show up to this tournament. Yeah. You get your, your first seed, your first game. It's Z-Wad. Oh, no What way. do you do? Oh, no way. 
That that can't happen. He can't be what there. If, what if he's There's a pickleball no way he's pro? A pickleball player. What if he's the best in Richmond? If 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 it's actually him as, as my competitor, I'll I'll lay my paddle down and I'll concede <laughs> defeat. I will concede defeat to Zwad. <laughs> If you're, just, if you're just tuning in right now and you don't know about Z-Wad, uh, I went to three different bars Friday, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and he picked up the same girl that I was talking to on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. The same guy. And that's why we named him Z-Wad. It's still the craziest thing ever. Like, I went to all different types of, of uh, spots in town, and he he's, was following me. He's after you. Yeah, And he, he heard right now that you're going to be at... They say... At, at, I know. Boo, pickle boo. Pickle boo. They say uh, radio listeners are crazy. <laughs> I guess uh, I've met one of them. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM.